up to $26,000 per employee? They call it the 15-minute refund, but it's not a gimmick. It's for business owners who stuck it out during the pandemic. The Employee Retention Tax Credit, or ERTC. But time is running out to get started. Talk to the experts. JWC Advisors at iHeartTaxRefunds.com. Who are they? CPAs who will keep you on the right side of the IRS. So do it the right way. Go to iHeartTaxRefunds.com. That's iHeartTaxRefunds.com. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Manu, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to hang out with us here at the Grit Daily Startup Show. You know, we love to talk about the world of startup on this show the good, the bad, and what we like to refer to as the gritty. So I'm curious to learn what your experience has been in the world of startup. But before we get into all that, let's help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you and your backstory. Sure thing. So I, I'm the CEO <clears throat> co-founder of Empower Financing. Uh, and just in a, in a very brief nutshell, Empower is the leader in international student financing in North America. And sort of my backstory is I was myself an international student from France to the U.S. I uh, came to the country 23 years ago at the age of 17, um, went to the University of Virginia. Uh, candidly, I did okay academically, but really struggled financially through school. So in the, the spirit of Grady, I, I took a bunch of odd jobs. I was a grader, a tutor for math, physics, computer science, French. I was an indoor soccer referee, like you name it, I did it. I pulled through with the help of my family, but I think that really planted a seed in my head. Like, why was it so difficult for our national students to get financing? And then from there, I was lucky enough to to get a series of jobs in in the corporate world. So I worked uh, at Capital One for a while. I worked in tech in Boston, got an MBA in Europe. I didn't say that. And by the way, the same story repeated itself. I was declined for a loan, even though I was a French citizen. Uh, and in Seattle, that I was at the French campus and uh, I got declined for the first song. The second one got approved, but only with my dad, uh, essentially my dad's entire retirement savings frozen and my parents' home as collateral. So that, that, you know, that, that seed in my head continued growing. Like, why is it so difficult for international students to get access to financing? Uh, then I worked at McKinsey in management consulting and it was sort of floating around the planet going to uh, emerging markets primarily and focusing on financial inclusion topics. So working with development banks, corporate banks, private banks, retail banks uh, on all sorts of uh, sort of problems. And that's where I noticed also that there are a lot of banks in emerging markets that were lending to people without the luxury of a centralized credit bureau. There's no FICO score in a lot of these places, but that didn't mean they weren't lending to consumers. And uh, it all, you know, to, to sort of end my, my backstory and maybe start the story of Empower, uh, it all came to a head about nine years ago when I was, I was happily at McKinsey continuing to work on, I think I was working mobile money access in Nigeria at the time. And I got an email from a current student at UVA. So he reached out to me and a few other alumni. And he said the following, he said, hey guys, I'm $500 short on my rent this month. I'm going to get evicted. And I'm thinking about dropping out of school. And that, that was a wake-up call for me. Um, I, uh, I thought, why is this still an issue 15 years after I experienced this challenge? 
And how do I solve this challenge? Not not just for him, but more broadly. And McKinsey didn't pay me well enough to to you know help out more than one student with five hundred dollars. And I thought, well, how do we how do we scale this? And I joke that I'm an accidental entrepreneur. I was happily on this sort of corporate management consulting path, but I just couldn't get this challenge um, and and this really this social mission of removing financial challenges to higher education. I couldn't get that out of my mind. Uh, it kept me up at night and I decided to leave everything behind and build a business that would essentially solve this issue. So let's talk about that. So when did Empower start and uh, how did you conceptualize it? When did you wake up one day and go, this is the obvious next move for me? Sure. I think it it bubbled in my head <clears throat> in uh, late 2013, early 2014. In early 2014, it's uh, when that student Nick reached out to me. And, um, and, and I was already, you know, thinking about, you know, what there's a few sort of social challenges that were, you know, that, that, that had always sort of resonated with me and this, this financial access, financial inclusion was, was certainly one of them. And so I started doing more and more research and I became obsessed with the problem with the market. And, um, and I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do something about it. And, and McKinsey is very generous when you tell them, you know, you're transitioning out. Um, they, they give you a few weeks essentially where you can research various topics and, and talk to firm experts, et cetera. And so that's, that's what I did. I, I spoke with anyone who knew anything about higher education, financial services for consumers, et cetera. And I, I, I got deeper and deeper into the topic. And uh, we incorporated on April 1st, 2014, which we joke is the best April Fool's uh, joke ever. Yeah. So that's, that's when we started. So, and how have things gone since then? And my goodness, you, you, it's almost been, uh, you know, a few years now. You'll be, be you'll been around a decade. How, how have things been going? I know it's like dog years, right? You multiply by seven. Right. Um, so things, things have been good. We, we've faced the uh, typical sort of startup up and down. Um, I think um, we, we had a fairly, I would say, typical in some way, like venture-backed startup story. So from... 2014 through through 2020 or 2021. Uh, so you know we angel round, Series Seed, Series A, etc. Expansion to initially a few states in the U.S. where we'd finance students going to like say Georgetown in D.C. or or Harvard and MIT in, in Massachusetts. Then we expanded. We went nationwide in 2017. We expanded to schools in Canada in late 2018, uh, and built from there. Um, 2020, candidly, was a very hard year for us, I think, for, for everyone, um, except maybe a few, a few exceptions like Zoom. Um, but for, <laughs> for most companies, I think it was a really hard time. And for us, there was like volatile immigration policies. Uh, there was sort of a war on immigrants and a war on international students going on. At the same time, there was COVID. Transport was, was unclear. It was unclear whether someone could come from India or go back home from the U.S. to India. We had students crying on the phone when they were calling us. It was a very, very challenging year. Capital markets were frozen for a while. So we, you know, we just survived and we're happy to. And then 2021 was the opposite of that. We really thrived. And uh, we raised $152.5 million. Uh, we've, uh, we've recently hired a top-notch CFO to really help us continue you know, on, our, on our growth trajectory. But uh, things have been very, very solid uh, the past two years. It was it was solid prior to 2020, but I, I got to say 2020 was it really tested <laughs> tested us as a company, as a culture. Well, I mean, that's part of the process. That's part of the startup process, isn't it? And starting a business is that, you know, part of the deal is that there's going to be some trials and tribulations, but the payoff more times than not is often, you know, well, well worth it. You know, speaking of startups, 
what would you say has been the the best part of the startup experience for you and your just in general? It doesn't have to specifically be with Empower, um, but of, of course it could be. Sure. Well, there's there's for me personally, and then there's a moment. I'll start with there's a moment that uh, that that comes to mind. There's a moment where I walked into our office. This must have been in uh, late 2019. And, and this is like 7, 7.30 a.m. And uh, as I walk to my desk, we have a, an open floor um, and, and we have a few conference rooms and everything's glass. We're big on transparency. And I saw there's this meeting going on with, with folks and, and I had zero clue what the meeting was about. I assume it was around product or, or some tech enhancement we were doing to our platform. And actually, I thought that was a great feeling because I think it hit me at that point that I had created something that was much bigger than me. I transitioned from being a founder, a father figure almost, to now I'm an employee of this thing that has a life outside of me. And and I thought, you know, I, I just have a daughter now. I didn't I didn't at the time as I was still uh, single. But it uh it it felt like this is what you sort of feel as your child sort of surpasses you and has a life of their own. And I, I felt incredibly proud in that moment. And then the, I think the other thing that stands out or the best part for me is uh, as CEO and founder of a company, my job changes every six months. Like there's never a dull moment. You know, I joke that I was a, a glorified paralegal in the first six months of the company. Was, and there's the incorporation papers. There's, you know, some of the state licenses we had to get. There's the agreement with the initial employees you get, et cetera. And it's just a a whole lot of uh, paperwork, essentially, or at least the paperwork stood out for me because that was so foreign. Like all the other, like the business stuff was was sort of what I was used to. Um, and then obviously, then things change. I mean, <laughs> the first customer service or customer success person, the underwriter. Um, so, so it was. It's been fascinating to go through all these stages, and I think I, I grew a lot from it. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like it. Sounds like quite the interesting journey for you. What would you say the worst part of the startup process was? Or is, I, I think letting go people in 2020, uh, not because it, it was necessarily a lack of performance, but just because we couldn't, we we just didn't have the cash flows uh, to sustain the uh, the cost we had. I think that that was a really rough part. Um, I, I I think that's really that's really what stands out. I I gotta say I wasn't a fan of of fundraising in the initial years. Uh, I think it's uh, I don't think most people. Let me put it this way. And maybe I'm generalizing too much, but I don't think most founders start a company because they enjoy going around raising money. I think they start a company because they're incredibly passionate about a product or a, uh, a specific industry or topic. Um, and I think in the initial stages, you know, you're essentially the CEO stands for chief extraction officer. Like you're you're the resource guy. You got to get you got to get money. And um, and I don't think it hit me how much of my time would be consumed by this in the in the initial years, um, and so and I've grown to like it. Uh, I have investors I call friends. I, I benefit a lot, I think, from their guidance and their advice. Um, so I think I've I've learned to grow into it, but it, it was not my favorite part in the initial years. Not until the funding comes in, then you know <laughs> it's a bit better. Sure. So. Uh... 2023 is rearing its head, uh, you know, faster than we can uh, we we can actually realize it. So um, that's at least the time we're recording this episode. What are you guys excited about over at Empower for 2023? Sure, there's a few things. So one is we um we changed our our platform recently. We're we're obsessed with how do we make uh, 
access to financing faster and access to a decision faster. And so we, we're going to continue with that obsession about how do we make uh, the platform ever more efficient and how do we get support sooner and earlier for students. Uh, we're expanding to a few more schools. And then uh, I, I think we're at a macro level. I don't know if it's excitement, but we're curious about the, um, the impact that a slowdown in the economy could have on graduate school enrollment. What we've seen typically is uh, higher ed, especially master's degrees are counter-cyclical. So when people lose their job or they're thinking they might lose their job, they're more likely to uh, enroll in a MBA program or a master's in computer science. And that's really our bread and butter at Empower. Where we do undergrads, junior and senior years, but we also uh, primarily finance master's students. And so we think in a way that could benefit us as well. So that's what, uh, that's what we're looking at, looking ahead. So can anybody apply, like any college student apply for financing, or is it just specifically geared towards people that are looking to get their MBA? No, anyone, anyone can apply. And uh, we work with over 400 universities in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, like I said, we, uh, we finance undergrads when they're juniors and seniors. Uh, and then we finance all graduate students. And um, we, uh, we find that most graduate students who come to the U.S. and Canada typically come to study STEM and MBA programs. So that's where we've, uh, we've specialized more and more. Uh, but we're, we're open. We finance people who uh, do film studies. We finance students who are studying um, all, all sorts of topics. So really, we're, we're quite open. Uh, we don't. We don't. Re we never reject anyone on a, on a single sort of like criteria. We we're a data company at our heart. So the reason we're able to underwrite these international students and these DACA students, where traditional lenders can't, is not because we have magical powers. It's just because we have massively more data than any other company on the planet on these students. Sure, sure. Well, this is great, man. Well, you guys have clearly created something that uh, that, that matters. There's a need for it, and uh, it works here. So I wanted to. Uh, Congratulate you on that. Encourage you to keep up the great work. Any final thoughts for our listeners? No, I think uh, maybe maybe one final thought. And by the way, I really appreciate being on the show. Um, is uh, one we're recruiting actively in DC and Bangalore. Uh, we always need talent. There's a global war on talent. So if uh, if you're excited about the mission and and what you've heard today, uh, please apply at Empower Financing for its slash careers, uh, or send uh, that that same URL to friends you think would be a good fit. Uh, and similarly, we, we pay for referrals. So if you have friends who could really benefit from an extra five, ten, or $20,000 to complete their studies in college uh, or come to the U.S. or Canada in the first place to accomplish their dreams of studying here, uh, please share the link with them as well. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate your time, Anu, and uh, you guys keep doing work that matters. All right. Cheers. Bye-bye. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends.
Head into your local Safeway for great spring savings throughout the store. This week at Safeway, get yellow peaches or nectarines for the member price of $1.88 per pound. Also this week at Safeway, value packs of Signature Farms chicken drumsticks, thighs, leg quarters, or picnic packs are buy one, get one free. Plus, get value packs of USDA Choice Boneless Beef Top Sirloin Steak for the member price of $4.99 per pound. Visit Safeway.com, download the Safeway for You app, or head in store to find more great deals at Safeway.